0: Want to welcome all those that are watching online. Want to thank you for joining us today. First service, we had somebody watching from Italy. Today, Jeff and Tina are watching from Canada. The Donnelly family, we love you. Donnelly family from Clearwater. Fidget from Maryland. And Patricia from Trinity. And people that are watching around the world. Church, let's welcome all those that are watching right now with us. Well, next week, Super Bowl Sunday, we haven't gotten to brag about this in a long time, but go Buccaneers. We've got some very special things planned for all the family. Next week, we're gonna have a big Buccaneer ship out there for the kids to jump around in. We're gonna have a place where they can throw a football through this thing. We're gonna have away peanuts, chips, popcorn, root beer. We're gonna celebrate. We haven't been able to do this in like 20 years. In fact, Last week, I bought a Tom Brady jersey. Now, I know people are thinking, oh, pastor, very hypocritical. Oh, pastor, I remember a couple years ago when you said you would never root for the Patriots. I said that, okay, I did. I said I would never root for Tom Brady and the Patriots, ever, I never said I wouldn't root for Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, all right? So I got my jersey, I paid full retail, which was really hard for me to do. For those that know me, that was really hard. Um, But I used some of my Discover points, so it helped me feel better about myself while I was making that purchase. But come, invite your friends. We're gonna celebrate and we're gonna have a great service next week, so get ready for that. In your weekend guide, if you take out a flyer, it says, Impact Zone. I wanna let you know what this is about. You know, I've been talking about what God puts on your heart, the burns of your heart, things that break your heart. There's a couple in our church, Blair and Joellen Waller, they made an appointment with me and they said, Pastor Glenn, we've been doing this for a while, but we wanna partner with Helping Hands because the need is so great. They minister to inner city kids and inner city families and they work at a rec center and they bring kids in from all over to minister to them. But the large need that really has broken their heart was children and babies that aren't having diapers and formula and pull-ups and baby wipes. And I said, Joellen, well, somebody's gotta do it. It might as well be us. Can you say amen to that, church? So in the month of February, we're asking everyone to go out, let's buy some diapers, some pull-ups, some baby wipes, some formula. Put this on your refrigerator so you remember because Together, we can make a difference in Jesus' name. Can you say amen to that? If you want to take out your notes that are in your communicator, in your weekend guide, we've been calling it different names through the years, but in your weekend guide, follow along in your notes. How many are ready to get into God's word together? Let's pray over this word today. Father, we love you so much. Father, we've been in your presence today. It's been so sweet. We thank you for the goodness of our God. So anoint our ears to hear. We want to be more like you and we give you this time now in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This is week five of a series we've called, The Time Is Now. Here we are in January of 2021, and we've determined in our hearts, we're not gonna do what we've done every other year. We're not gonna keep doing the same things, expecting a different result, but we're gonna pray, ask God what he's called us to do individually and corporately. We're gonna listen to him, we're gonna move into our calling, and then over the last couple of weeks, we've gone through the book of Nehemiah. Did Pastor Marcelo do a great job last week? Wasn't that fantastic? But as we've been going through Nehemiah, we've looked at just an ordinary guy that changed the world. He's gone down in the scripture as one of the greatest leaders that Jerusalem and Israel had ever seen. Here he was, a cupbearer. A cupbearer is a glorified butler. He would drink the wine before they give it to the king to make sure that the wine wasn't poisonous. First week when I talked about that, a lot of people were like, I want that job until I talked about the poison part. And then they said, no, you know, he can keep that. But his brother came and told him that the walls of Jerusalem had been destroyed and the gates had been burned. And when he told him that, they said that Nehemiah's heart broke. His heart broke for the people of Jerusalem, his people, and it was there that he went to the king, King Xerxes, and said, I wanna go back to my homeland and I wanna rebuild the wall. An ordinary guy by himself would travel over 1,000 miles, think of this, it took four months of travel for him to get back to Jerusalem. The walls had been down for over 140 years. The people of Israel were discouraged, they were exposed, they didn't feel safe, they had no pride in where they lived because of all these things that were going on. But it was clear that God put it on Nehemiah's heart because he had reached the point where, I can't stand this, I can't stand it no more, and God's gonna use me to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So, as we look in this week, we're looking at overcoming and defeating discouragement. Understand that whenever you step out to do something that God's called you to do, there's always gonna be opposition that's gonna come and try to bring you down. There have been people that have told me, I've been called to lead a group. Well, guess what, when you step up and you lead a group, There's gonna be opposition that's gonna try to discourage you, make you feel like you're not a good leader to try to bring you down. There is an enemy, his name is the devil, that seeks to steal, kill, and destroy every single one of us. His assignment is assigned to each one of us to devour us. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says that he's going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And when you look at Nehemiah, Here's a man stepping up, traveling four months. Surely, God would be so with him that he wouldn't have any opposition. Surely, a man that was willing to do such a great thing for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, the called people, God's chosen people, surely it would be easy. No, it wasn't. Understand, when you step up to do something that God's called you to do, there will always be opposition in your notes. You see, we don't face opposition because we're doing something wrong. We face it because we're doing something right. So, if you're not facing any opposition, I would say, well, really look and see, what are you doing right for the kingdom of God? This whole series, what I'm trying to do is to mobilize our church for our church to ask, what is it that God's placed on each one of our hearts to make a difference, not only in our world, but the world, what breaks our heart, what burdens us, and then step up and do something about it. But when we step up to do something about it, the enemy's always gonna do all he can to bring discouragement and cause you not to follow through with the mission, as Pastor Marcelo talked about last week, having a personal mission statement. You have that statement, but the enemy so often will meet you right at the front door. Right when you step out the front door, and so many people, they step out and they go right back to where they were because they don't know what to do in the face of opposition. I wanna give you a little bit of a history lesson of Countryside Christian Church. This year, our church will be 40 years old. 40. I started coming to this church the second week it started, when we were in the living room. I think I was six months old or something. It was, it was <laughs> thank you for always laughing at the age thing that I do, I appreciate that. But I was 15 years old, my family started coming, we were in the living room, and we immediately saw growth. Our founding pastor, I always wanna honor Pastor John Lloyd, our founding pastor, a man that was so strong, that walked out what God called him to do in the face of opposition at every turn, was willing to overcome and be faithful to the call. I'm a product of Pastor John Lloyd's ministry. So when I share all these things that happened in our past and what we walked through, we were walking through it with a great leader in front of us. So we saw 60 people start coming in the living room. The cul-de-sac in this house in the countryside area was filled all the way around the neighborhood of people that were trying to get in this living room to hear the Word of God. Pastor Lloyd, he didn't share the vision that he had because his vision was so enormous, he didn't wanna scare the people off. But he said, it's time for us to move out of the living room and we were going to our next location, which was in a ballroom at K-pop Tree Restaurant, which is now Sam Ash Music. Now you would think that everyone in that living room would be cheering, yeah, let's go, it's time for us to move out. Half the people didn't wanna move out. They liked it in the living room. They liked it because it was so nice and it was so personable and it was so much one-on-one ministry. But God called our pastor and called countryside for so much more than to just be a church in a living room. So when we moved into the kapok tree, half the church left countryside from the living room. Opposition and you would think it'd be so much better in the K-Pop tree. The sound was bad, it was echoey, all the leadership at K-Pop tree complained about our worship. I want you to know, countryside was one of the first churches in the Tampa Bay area to have contemporary Christian music as a worship set. So our pastor was up with his harmonica with music playing loud, people complained, they whined, there was opposition at every turn. So what do we do? He prayed, and then God miraculously provided a place that was free of charge. But listen to this. The free place that God provided for us was the 12th floor of an office building. We were given the 12th floor that we would go in and gut and make it a church, Sunday school rooms, nurseries, and people that were at the K-pop Tree Inn were like, what are you doing? At least we have enough space here. There's nobody gonna come if we're on the 12th floor of an office building. No one is gonna go up and down elevators. What are you doing? And I'll never forget this. Pastor Lloyd said, if God is there, people will come. And you know what happened? In the midst of that opposition, our church grew over the next three years to over 800 people on the 12th floor of an office building. It was a move of God. But every step that we took, there was opposition. What are you doing? Nobody's gonna show up. This is unconventional. Nobody wants to listen to this loud music. What do you mean contemporary Christian? We need our hymns. Back then, all the churches, it was hymns. Page 322, we're gonna do the verse, second and fourth verse. I don't know why they always skip the third verse of these hymns but countryside was different. God put it in our pastor's heart. This is what we're gonna do. In the face of opposition, we're gonna move forward in the call that God has for us. And then out of nowhere, God opened up the door where Dr. James Gills had this property on McMullen Booth Road. Now, for those that haven't been here for 35 years, McMullen Booth Road was a two-lane highway. There was no Bayside Bridge. There was nothing around us. There was no countryside mall. There was no, most of these neighborhoods weren't here yet. It was cow pasture. Why would we buy land in a place that is so deserted like McMullen Booth Road in Clearwater? It makes no sense. If there's nobody going up and down the road, how can God ever use and grow the church in a place where nobody is driving by? Well, guess what? May and Booth Road expanded and God began a work where Countryside became one of the fastest growing churches and at one point was one of the largest churches in America in spite of opposition. Now, our pastor, even in the living room, he always knew that God had called him, the ultimate vision is to have this facility and to have a student center. When we built the original sanctuary, he built it with a flat floor because he knew that one day it would be a gymnasium. And so when he was building this building, people, are you crazy? What are we doing? And then we break ground. Listen, we break ground and this entire area was a sinkhole. So we're raising money, we're sacrificially giving. Now we have a sinkhole and we had to put $2 million worth of concrete pilings in the ground to make this building probably the most secure building in the universe, right here, because it's built on all of these pilings. It sat for a year. Bang, 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 for a year. Our neighbors are calling us furious. So do we quit? We can't quit. Yeah, there's opposition but we're moving forward. So we get our steel up. The steel's defective. (laughs) And it sits for another year. By this time, we're in 2008. Right in the middle of the Great Recession, the housing bubble bursts. Subcontractors are going out of business in the middle of this project. The project is going millions over budget to the point where everyone was at home and we sat with nothing happening on this site for another year. You know how discouraging, now we're getting into years. This isn't six months, we're talking three years is going on. But what do we do? We get up, we pray, and then we get back to what God's called us to do. The rest of this was built out Now we're seeing hundreds and hundreds of youth in the student center, we're seeing thousands of people that are getting touched in this sanctuary with opposition at every turn. So many people they go, oh, you guys had it easy. Anything great that God's called us to do is never gonna be easy. But we embrace what God's called us to do and we're gonna press on and do what he's called to do. So understand this in your notes. There's an enemy that wants to destroy you and there's ways that the enemy will attempt to bring discouragement in your life. Number one, the enemy will try to discourage you from the outside. The enemy will try to discourage you with outside sources to bring discouragement in your heart. We see this with Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter four, starting at verse one. It says, when Sambalot, heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? So dumb, why are you wasting your time? You can't rebuild, this wall's been down for 140 years. Are you crazy? Will they finish in a day? (laughs) He begins to make fun of them. Can they bring the stones back to life from these heaps of rubble, burned as they are? And then verse three, somebody else joins in. Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side said, what they are building, even a fox, if a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their walls of stone. They're not professional builders. They don't know what they're doing. Come on, even if a fox jumped on it, it's gonna fall. You see." There's always gonna be opposition from the outside when you step up to do what God's called you to do. Different things that are gonna happen in your notes, number one, there's always gonna be obstacles. Here we are in 2021, we're starting to realign our lives with what God wants. There's people that said, this is the year I'm getting out of debt. This is the year I'm getting rid of the credit card debt. I'm not gonna continue to charge everything. And then the next week, the transmission goes out. You find out, oh my goodness, I got a $2,500 bill, what am I gonna do? And they charge it. And they say, you know what, just forget it. This getting out of debt thing is never gonna work. And then you just quit. Maybe this is the year you're gonna lead your family spiritually. You say, we're gonna lead and we're gonna move into what God has for us as a family unit. And then one of your teenagers says, you know what, I don't even believe in God anymore, so why even bother? There's always gonna be obstacles that's gonna come in your way when you start moving forward with what God has. I can remember for us, about 15 years ago, we decided, Elaine and I, we're gonna have a family night every single Sunday night. It's gonna start with a really wonderful meal that we're gonna order from Outback and bring in. (laughs) We're gonna spend time with each other Elaine would always go on the internet and have a fun question just to get peop- the kids loosened up and excited, then they start talking about the, the message of the day, and then we're gonna pray together. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds easy, doesn't it? It wasn't easy. These are teenagers. I can remember first time going around, my, my son's on his phone the entire time. And I don't know what he's doing, it's like he's, he's looking off to the side, but he's doing this thing with his thumb. And then I get the bill that month and he's had 60,000 texts in one month. How does a kid have 60,000 texts? I have like 45. He said, well, I'm just talking to a lot of people, Dad. And so what we did, we said, there will be no more phones at the table. TV's off, we're gonna be focused, whether you like it or not. We're spending time together as a family. And then we go around and we start praying. So Elaine would pray, and then I would pray, and then we start getting to the kids, and they go, pass. Pass? What do you mean, pass? What does that even mean, pass? Oh, well, pass means that just go to the next person because I don't want to pray. There will be no pass in the Davis family nights. We're gonna pray. And you know what ended up happening? It just took a few weeks. And it started becoming something that the kids look forward to. And as we look back now, our kids are 30 and 28 and 22. They look back at that being some of the most special times that we ever shared as a family. We broke through, the obstacles came. See, a lot of people say, you know what? This isn't even worth the hassle. Pass. No, we're gonna pass right back in. We're passing around again. And then they learned and they understood what family meant and what it meant to have a godly family and the work that we were gonna put into each other and love, and guess what? Over time, as they were teenagers, they would receive discipline so much more because we prayed together. Families that pray together are gonna stay together. And to see the kids, how they're turning out now, it's a direct result of what God was doing at that time. Obstacles. So with our student center next door, obstacles. God put it on my heart, it's time for us. It was like 2013, three years after this mess that was happening over here. And so we get together the plans, we'd raised a a good bit of money, everybody dove in. I didn't wanna do it, and I was gonna cancel, but somebody, the week I was gonna cancel, gave $100,000 to the Student Center. I'm like, okay, God, I'm gonna do it. And then when we're getting ready to break ground on the Student Center, I'll never forget this our architect and builder came to meet with me. I'm like, all right, let's just get this thing signed, sealed, delivered, and get moving. Well, when I met with them, they said, Pastor, we have good news and bad news. I I said, "We, we haven't even started yet. How could there be good news? It should be good news and good news at this point. They said, well, the good news is we have the original builder. The bad news is it's double the cost of what we originally estimated. That doesn't register well with Pastor Glenn Davis. So what did I do? I stopped, I closed my eyes, I breathed through my mouth, I let it out, I opened my eyes, I said, you're fired. They left. Within a month we had somebody else that was gonna be our builder that came in Under budget, because that's what God does. Some people would say, you know, well, it's just double. We're just gonna have to wait. We're gonna cancel. No, we've got young people to reach for Jesus Christ. We're not stepping back. We're gonna move forward, and we're coming in on budget doing it in Jesus' name. Obstacles, the second thing that often will happen when you're stepping out to be that leader that God's called you to be, to walk in the mission that he's called you to walk in, you'll always have criticism. Nehemiah faced exactly this with Sambalot and Tobiah. Criticism, you can't do it. Who do you think you are? I've had people that said, you know, I wanna foster a kid. But as soon as they step out and say, I wanna foster a kid, they have someone saying, you got two of your own kids you're not taking care of. Why would you do that? Criticism. Let me tell you, it happened in ministry with me. As I stepped out, people said you can't do it, but I continued to step forward. I can remember a few years ago, there was a young man by the name of Tyson Griffin, very introverted, shy guy in high school. He came and said, God put it on my heart to be the leader of SCS at Dunning High School. When he started, hardly anyone came, but he was faithful, he pressed in. The obstacle came, criticism came. By the end of that year, the room was filled and now Tyson is at Southeastern University and he's studying to be a pastor, desiring to be a children's pastor. Look what God will do in the midst of criticism. Understand this, when you step up as a leader, there's always gonna be criticism at every side. Trust me, I know you you find it hard to believe, but people criticize me. I mean, really, why would they do that? I'm a pretty nice guy, but they do. There's people from other churches that may say something, people that used to come here say, say, you know what, if you go to YouTube, there was a guy about seven years ago that was out front with a microphone on saying how bad I was, it's on YouTube, and saying how bad Helping Hands is, and why can't this church do more for the community? It's on video. Little did I know he was doing that at Harborside, Calvary, and different churches. But one of the ushers said, this guy's yelling your name out to come out there. <laughs> Nobody else came out. I came out. And he starts yelling at me. This guy, I'm like, bro, put the mic down. Can't we just talk, man? To no, you're a fraud. You're this and that. I'm like, and he starts going into This church should be more like everybody's tabernacle down in downtown Clearwater, helping the homeless. And I said, guess what, bro? My dad built that church in 1956. Oh, well, well, you should do more for people in prison. Well, guess what? I said this on video. There's a lady in our church, Pastor Vini, that we help with people that are coming out of prison that provides a home for them to get back into society. Don't tell me we're not doing anything. And I said, you know, I'm gonna pray for you. And I walked back in, preached a message, overcame that obstacle, and we saw 50 people get saved that day. You step up, there will always be criticism. But what did Nehemiah do? When the criticism came, he took it to God. And then he got back to work. That's what we do. When criticism, the obstacles come our way, what do we do? We pray, we see God, we give it to Him, and then we get up and we get back to work. Criticism hurts, but I wanna tell you we can't lead weak because of critics. We lead strong in spite of critics because we don't answer to the people that are criticizing, we answer to God. And when we're doing things as unto the Lord, God blesses it. So we see discouragement from the outside. Number two in your notes. How else do we receive discouragement? Discouragement from the inside. Nehemiah chapter four, starting verse 10, it says, meanwhile, the people in Judah, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble that we cannot build the wall. You see, so often we get our eyes on what we can't do and we feel like we're failing. Get your eyes off of your inability and get your eyes on God, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think when we're walking according to His will. You see, the, the inside, the battle on the inside, it starts right here in the mind. That's where the enemy wants to discourage us and defeat us to make it feel you can't do it. Nehemiah, these walls have been down for 140 years. You can't do it. Guess what? The enemy was trying to tell me we couldn't build a church in Nicaragua last year. It's too much. And then sponsor over 200 kids in Nicaragua? We can't do that, it's too much. Guess what? In two weeks we raised the 75,000 and not only did we sponsor the 200 kids, we sponsored 400 kids. Why? Because that's what God does. He does more than we could even Imagine You can't run a school, there's too much to it. Guess what, we have a school now with over 300 kids because we stepped up and did what God called us to do. You can't rebuild that old sanctuary, it's too too much, it's too hard. Guess what we did as a church? We came together and now we're reaching over 500 students a week for the glory of God. Together we overcame what the enemy tried to speak to over us and over our lives. Maybe you're a stay at home mom. Oh, I, I can't, I've just been a stay at home. Oh my goodness, you had the greatest job in the world. Elaine was a stay-at-home mom. I don't know where my kids would be now if it wasn't for all that she deposited in their life. God's not done with you. Maybe you feel like I'm retired. I'm in my 70s. You're just getting started. Are you kidding me? In the next few weeks, we're gonna see probably 50 people engage with sewing blankets for people in Haiti, babies. Oh. God can, you know, God can use you. What breaks your heart? Get down and pray and then get up to act because together there's nothing gonna hold us back from what God has for us. Maybe your past is horrible. So many people that go, there's no way, you don't understand my past. Oh, that's a testimony, your past. See, for what the enemy meant for harm in your life, God will turn it around and bring glory to his name. Amen, Brian? Amen. So realize, God wants us to overcome and defeat discouragement. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14 says, "'After I looked over these things, "'I stood up and said to the nobles, "'the officials, and the rest of the people, "'Don't be afraid of them.'" See, that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to feel like you can't, and he brings fear to your heart. People start saying things about you. Brings fear to your heart. Oh, I'm gonna let people down. Fear, fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. If Nehemiah was in the New Testament, he would have said, listen, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's nothing that can hold us back. You and God make a majority. When fear comes, overcome fear with the word of God. Speak the word of God over your life. And Nehemiah, he goes on in verse 14. He says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome. So there are a couple things here that we need to do in overcoming discouragement. Number one in your notes, remember the Lord. Nehemiah 4.14, remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. What, this statement is a big statement because he's speaking it to Jews. And so when the Jews are hearing, remember the Lord, they immediately go back to the time that they were in captivity in Egypt. Remember what the Lord did when we were in captivity. Remember how God raised up a man who stuttered an ordinary guy that did not feel that he had the ability to do it But yet he answered the call he came to the Pharaoh and said let my people go And when the Pharaoh said no God brought the ten plagues and eventually he let us go And he led us through the wilderness with a pillar of fire And when we reached the point where we had nowhere to go where our backs were against the Red Sea remember the Lord Remember what he did, he split the Red Sea and we walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. Remember the Lord. Remember the manna that he fed us from heaven. Remember the goodness and the grace of our God. Church, look back in your own lives. You're in church. For some of you, believe me, I greet you. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, this is the last place on earth you thought you would ever be. But you're here because God did something great in your life. You remember those times where you didn't know where else to turn and you turned to the Lord and he was right there with you. He never left you anywhere. He never forsake you. Remember the time that you were poor and groceries showed up out of nowhere. Remember the time you didn't know how you were gonna pay your bills, but all of a sudden that check came in the mail. Remember the Lord. First service we had a man, his name's Ron. Today he introduced the person, he goes, Pastor, remember when I had that heart attack and I almost died? He goes, this is the woman that gave me CPR for 15 minutes and brought me back to the life. And I looked in verse service. I said, remember the Lord. This was death, but God brought life. I looked over on this side, there was a person that had been married five times, another one married four times. They just got married and living a great life. Remember the Lord and what God has done in your life. Remember the Lord and what he wants to do in your future. Keep believing and trusting God. You can overcome discouragement. I can remember when I was 17 years old, I graduated from Countryside High School. I had a scholarship in music. A lot of people were like, really? Yeah, I did. I was in the band. I played the trumpet and baritone, played all of that, trombone and I went out to a place called Southeastern Louisiana University. And it was in Hammond, Louisiana. When I got there within three days, I knew that I was in the wrong place. My parents drove me up there, dropped me off. Within three days, I'd already been invited and RSVP'd for three parties over the weekend. I was already connected with the wrong kids. And I'll never forget in the dorm room on the third night, I looked in the mirror and I clearly heard the Holy Spirit say, Go home." But I'm thinking, oh, but it'll be so embarrassing. They had a party for me, they had a going away party. My dad was so proud of me that I had a scholarship. I'm gonna be the first Davis to graduate from college. Go home. And guess what I did? I went home. And I'll never forget. My dad still says it, I took my son to college and he beat me home. (laughs) But it was in that moment that the trajectory of my life changed forever. It was then that I got really involved in the church. From there I got involved in ministry. From there I met my wife. From there everything fell into place, but it took a moment to remember the Lord and what he called me to do and to be obedient no matter what people thought. Get back the going away presents. Get back the cake and get moving to what I've called you to do. Remember the Lord and remember what he's called you to do. Number two, you gotta fight for your cause. Man, for some of you, you're the only voice for the unborn. I look at Saul Pichon and what he has done with the pregnancy center, just stepping out with the cause for the unborn. As a church, we've given over one and a half million dollars to the pregnancy center in fighting for life. But it took a man to step up and say, I'm fighting for the unborn. There are people that tell me, I wanna fight for human trafficking, to save women and children out of human trafficking. Let's do it. Somebody's gotta do it. It might as well be us. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14. This is what Nehemiah Nehemiah was saying. It says, fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your homes. Men, fight for your families. Fight for your children. Women, let's fight for our husbands. Let's fight for what God's called us to be, to be godly homes and be a pillar in this community. You know, when I read that, I thought of, you know, back about 10 years ago, there was this YouTube sensation that said, hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your husband, because they're raping everybody up in here. Stand strong for what God's called you to do. So what did Nehemiah do? He prayed, and then he got back up and did something. So, It says in Nehemiah and verse 17, what did Nehemiah instruct the people to do? He says, you need to have a tool in one hand as you're rebuilding the wall, but you need to have a sword in the other hand because we're in a spiritual battle and we're gonna overcome what the enemy's trying to do to bring destruction to the people of Israel. Understand, Christianity is not a playground. It's a battlefield. And that when you wake up every day, we are engaging in a battle that we are gonna win. And this is the sword of the spirit that we have, the word of God. We've got to have God's word in our heart because when the enemy comes like a flood, how does he flee? We saw it with Jesus in the wilderness. Jesus began to quote scripture at the enemy. And the enemy ended up fleeing and leaving Jesus alone. You have the power of God, and you have the tool of the Word of God, and we fight on our knees. We're in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting. I know a lot of people have been laying things down, a lot of people getting their hearts right. This Wednesday night, we're in a critical time as a nation, but we're in a critical time as a church. Let's come together and pray and worship our God and believe God for miracles in this land and miracles through our lives and miracles in this church. God is not done with you yet. What is it that breaks your heart? Is it abused children? Then let's do something about it. Is it inner city families? Let's do something about it. That's what we're doing over the next month with babies and bringing in diapers and whatnot. Is it orphans? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it your teenagers that are in rebellion? Parents, now's not the time to turn your back on your rebellious teenagers. Now's the time to hit your knees and begin to intercede and stand in the gap because I'm not going to let anyone take my children away from me. I'm going to battle and we're going to win and we're going to see revival in our young people. Church, remember the Lord. Remember what God has done in your life and know that God's not done with you yet. He's just getting started. So let's fight and let's battle the enemy because we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony in Jesus' name. (laughs) Can you say amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the strength that you put inside of each one of us. We thank you, Lord, we have authority to overcome discouragement, the obstacles, the criticism, because we wanna walk right in the middle of your perfect will. Lord, I pray for this congregation. There are people right now that are battling discouragement. I pray, God, that you would encourage their heart today. Father, that we'd engage, they would not give up. Father, there's no giving up. But Lord, we would have a tool in one hand and we'd have a weapon in the other to win the battle that you put before us in Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, if you're watching online, maybe this word's for you. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I don't know why I'm even watching. I want you to know why you're watching. Jesus is calling your name. Maybe you're here right now, you don't even know why you're in church. Jesus is calling your name because he loves you. He's good. The goodness of God is running after you today. Why is your heart beating fast? Because the Holy Spirit is saying to you, today is your day to get your life right with God. Today's your day where you're not just gonna go to church because it's a place to go, but it's a place where you're gonna be fed and you're gonna become part of the body of Christ. Today, you're gonna understand what forgiveness means and to walk out of the shame that the enemy wants to hold you in and to walk into the victory that God has for your life. Today's your day, but you see, that free gift has to be received. Salvation is a gift that you gotta receive by simply saying, yes, God. Forgive me of my sins. God, I accept you. I give my life to you. I rededicate my life to you. Today will be a new day and your life will never be the same again. It starts with a yes to God. And when I count to three, if that's you, I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna embarrass you. If you're online, I think there's a button you can hit. But if that's you, when I count to three, will you just raise your hand? Will you look at me? And I want you to know today will be a new day. You'll look back. Sunday, January 31st, 2021, it all began a new day for my life. One, two, three. Will you raise your hand? Yes, yes, I see your hand and yours and yours. Thank you, thank you so much. Coming over to the center section, over to my right your left. Yes, 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 thank you. God bless you. Welcome home, welcome home, yes. That's what Jesus is saying, welcome home. There's a place for you at the table. See, the enemy wants you to feel like there's no place. There is a place for you at the table with Jesus. There's a place for you at the table at Countryside. Can we all pray together for the sake of all those that raised their hand? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. You gave your life so that I might know life. Today, I'm coming home. Today, I'm giving Jesus my life. I repent of my sins, and I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my Lord, my Savior, my Father, my God, and my very best friend, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you, church. I love you so much. Have a wonderful week.
1: What a wonderful message today. Would you stand with me now to receive your blessing whether you're here, whether you're online, I wanna invite you to just turn your palms upward in an attitude of receiving. May the Lord bless you when you are discouraged with encouragement, with inspiration, with joy, with his strength. May the Lord bless you in times of opposition, that you would know and feel the hand of your God upon your life. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 I'll see you on Wednesday. Thank you so much for tuning in to another service here at Countryside. If you made the decision to follow Jesus, I am so
0: excited for the brand new journey and the brand new creation that you are. It is only the beginning and we have a team of people here ready to pray for you, ready to be
1: there for you, answer any questions you have. So if you need prayer for any reason at all, go to countryside.cc prayer. But that's all we have for you today. We'll see you guys next week.